0: The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.
1: Welcome to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition. This is a show where we take a look at all the latest news and topics as they relate to our industry. And as always, I am your ever-wonderful host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here, and even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. But you will be delighted that it's not just me. I am joined by industry legend... Uh, used to be a big name. Bob Martin, how are we doing? Let's start that again. <laughs> just because just Mr. Benstead's not here. <laughs> I'm marvellous, Terry. As ever, all the better
2: for speaking to you.
1: Excellent. Well, I mean, I will just mention it because it is a regular guest on The Green Room. It's Chris Spencer, but we gave him the, the month off because it did appear on the last one. He appeared on the Interrupted podcast last Sunday talking about all things theory. He is appearing on the first expert sessions we're doing on the 12th of April. And uh, we're doing The Green Room live at the uh, conference in Kempton, uh, which we might touch on later. Bob. Uh, but yeah, so we thought we'd give him a little bit of a break in between and get someone who's... Let's see, experience supersedes that of us all. Well, what an intro. Blubberneck. As always in in our industry, it's been a quiet month. There's nothing coking the bear. There's not much to talk about. I'm actually really pleased because normally I record these episodes uh, a few days before around about the 25th, but we had to leave it a bit later this this time. And uh, it's a good thing we did because as I'm recording this, the DVSA published their results from the consultation they did a while ago about waiting test times. And I think it stirred up a little bit of a hornet's nest, Bob. Would you agree? It, every time, every
2: time it does. And it, it's, you know, as you well know, Terry, my standard response to this is, you know, the last one, 13% of the industry took part in it. Uh, and my take generally is, you cannot whinge about it if you're not going to take part. It's like voting. And, you know, if you don't vote in the election, you can't complain about the government you get. But I know we're going to kind of, because we just beforehand, we were looking at the. The, the, the stats. And it's, it isn't quite what it first seems. Um I read it as 14% of instructors had, had responded. And I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. That's 1% more. So the fact that we've all been banging on about, you know, come on, come on, we need to we need to get engaged. It's not true, because it was it's 14% of the 20,996 or whatever it was that, that did it. So it's only really about 6% of instructors. That's that's half what engaged before. How much of that is because they just look at it and think, "Well, there's no bloody point because it's not getting anywhere." But I don't, I don't know. It's hard to know, isn't it? That would be the next useful consultation. Why isn't anybody voting in these consultations? You know, it's uh, the need to to get this sorted now. I don't know whether that's done at association level or DBSA, but it, you know, because. I don't, I'll say that I don't care because the DBSA have been so bloody woeful at communication since COVID started. People just think not even interested in what i have got to say. And despite some of the people at the top being, you know, extremely good and you know making the right noises and stuff, at the end of the day, you know, if you say DBSA to the to the industry, they just go, there, waste of time."
1: And I don't personally believe that, but that's that's what I hear from people. Whether well, a waste of space. I think I pretty much back up what you say. I think that there are some really good people at EVSA. It's not the individuals we target when we talk about them, it's the no. the organization. Um I second you when you say that more instructors should be taking part in this stuff. But I also second you, uh, maybe more even more emphatically than you do, in as to why they're not taking mm-hmm. part. And I'm I'm gonna jump straight in to the uh the, the first proposal I put forward which was people will need to wait 28 working days before being able to take another car driving test after failing one rather than the current 10 working days. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up, first of all, is because 30.4% of people agree with that. So 30.4% of people agree, but they're still going ahead with it. Yeah. So if only 30% of people are actually agreeing with it, then what's the point of doing the survey? And if they're going to ignore that for the 70% that disagree, or um, you know, maybe there were some that said they don't mind or whatever. So I think that when we're looking at why instructors aren't taking part, and a lot of instructors, to be fair, do say, what's the point? The DVSA don't listen anyway. What's the point of me taking part? The issue here is they're proving them instructors right, blatantly proving those instructors right. It's a real difficulty,
2: isn't it? And as, as we've been just, just before we started recording here, and as I'm looking at the thing now, I'm not really sure that we're tackling this from the right end. I know they've tried all this, this campaign, are we ready for test, blah, blah, blah. The here have everybody's email address that applies for test of the notes. Why are they not, when people book the test, why are they not firing a standard email out that says, are you able to do the following, unaided? as a reality check for themselves. And maybe, just maybe, some people that read that might think, actually, no, I'm not, you know, here's what we're gonna test you on. And I know all the documentations out there, they've done the the documents, document, documents, the documents that say, here's how we're gonna assess you. So they've done a great job on that, but we're not really joining this up here. Why not just say to them, here's what we're gonna examine you on. Here's the level of competence or the expected outcomes that we're looking for. Are you able to do this or not? Cause if you can't, you'll fail, you know, and then you'll have to wait 28 days. So tackle it from the front end first. I think that's kind of dependent on us doing that. and um, maybe, maybe there's a, and I mean, we are doing that because ADIs are terrified about getting hauled in cause they've been triggered. But yeah, that's another discussion that we've had another time. You're going to be pretty bad to get triggered to be fair. <laughs> cause you've got to be triggered three out of the four. So that, that's a poor performance. So the odd, the odd, you know, learner whose backside falls out isn't going to get you triggered. But it's all—it seems to me ask about face. And um, are we consulting with the right people? Are we doing the right kind of consultation? They're the questions that need to be asked first off. Hang on a minute. We're not getting the response from these consultations that we that we should be. Now the DVSA, when they're checking on us. Sorry, I'm going on a bit of a run here. But the DVSA are checking on us. They're saying. If you keep doing what you're doing, i.e. not adapting the lesson plan, we'll fail you. Well, they're doing what they keep doing. If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll get what you always got. And if they're only getting 13% to engage with this, it's time they did something different, not us. They're not engaging with us and not getting us to want to engage. So they need to up their bloody game and do something different because this state of affairs, it's shit
1: and it needs to be better. (laughs) the, this is the point where I, I'm, I've i had a lot of messages about this today, and I'm usually really good at seeing the both sides of arguments and stuff like that. And I'll usually almost play devil's advocate sometimes and stick up for the person that's not here, if you like. But I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I, and I, I can't argue with what you're saying. This is the point. We, we look at the way we teach. We're adapting the way we teach. So when the learner's struggling, rather than go, oh, it's the learner's fault, we look at what we can do differently. That's right. Well, the the DVSA aren't doing that. The DVSA are looking at what's going wrong at the test and going, right, what can everyone else do differently? But they're aware of it. They're aware that that's what needs to happen because that's what the
2: standards check's all about. You know, Are you adapting the lesson when necessary? Because what you're doing or what the learner's doing isn't working, they expect us to step up. Now, I, I think it's time for them to do the same and practice what they preach. Um, you know, I've, I've defended the DVSA a lot. Um, and I've been thanked by some of the senior bods at the top of it when I've been at these, you know, the shows and stuff been thanked for my support, because I think generally they're doing a, they're doing a decent job in this area. This needs to change. This is no good. 30% agree. And yet they're still doing it. Well, hang on a minute. So do they not care about the other 70%? Or are they all abstainers? That, that's the thing, isn't it? You just you just don't know. We haven't got a breakdown about how many of those the thirty point four percent
1: that 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 agree is that we, everybody or is we that do, everybody? do actually so strongly agree was I'm not going to go into the point eights so strongly agree was fourteen yeah, percent. Yeah, agree was seventeen percent. Neither agree nor disagree was six point five disagree was 19 and strongly disagree was 44 so you know there's um, what's that 44 54 64 63 percent either disagreed or strongly disagreed so there is clearly a uh people saying there we don't want this but they've done it anyway and that's the, the f-
2: yeah the strongly disagree is 44 percent
1: yeah <laughs> well. and it's it's This is what, I don't know, I'm struggling for words for this because that's the first thing on there. And because they haven't liked the answer they've got, they're doing it anyway. And it it does make, it it just makes the whole thing a shambles. It makes the whole thing pointless. And I wouldn't be surprised next time if the number of ADIs taking part is less, because why would they?
2: I'm just looking at this, that the neither agreed or disagreed is a very smaller number. The only one in which people who agreed is more than people who disagreed was road safety organizations. Everywhere else, it's just about twice the amount of people who agreed disagreed. So that's that's interesting. Interesting. And yet they're still doing it. And I know it's because, you know, a minister will have stood up in parliament somewhere somehow and said something must be done. But it's you can't just keep changing things. You know, that that affect people who strongly disagree, it says. Strongly disagree. So that's... mm.
1: It's the sort of thing where if they want to do it, then do it, but don't ask us about it. If they want to opinion on it, then ask his opinion on it and then make a decision based off that opinion. If it was like a 50-50 that did it, then you'd, you'd kind of get it. But I'll tell you what, let's take a slight pause there. We'll come back and we'll dig into some of these a little bit deeper individually and we'll take a moment to set the table. So do you want to take a moment, Bob, just to tell people uh, where they can find you and what you've got to offer?
2: Oh, right. Um, well, as ever, my membership package, if you visit clientcenteredlearning.co.uk. Uh, You can sign up there, that will cost you $29.95 a month. Um, And you get access to all of my online stuff. I'm also running um, some masterclasses, which I've I've been enjoying doing. Um, And you'll see the adverts for those all over the place. Um, And it's where we're looking at, you know, helping people to understand how human beings learn. Because it is different to, to the way that a lot of ADIs think it is, you know, and it's because we have this, this model in our head where you tell people what to do, and then eventually, you know, by reducing the support, we get them to do it on their own. But that's not actually how human beings learn. That's not the most, they do learn that way, but it's not the most effective way. So it's looking at that, and then looking at, now we know that, well, how can we use that information to develop different kinds of questions, to develop different strategies, to, to get the learning out, rather than trying to pour the learning in.
1: Excellent. Um, and just as a reminder, anyone that is a member of my premium, content, gets a £10 a month discount over there. And uh, that's a perfect opportunity for me to mention that we've actually got members of my premium content watching today. Uh, They're watching and uh, they'll be joining in at the end potentially with their own questions and comments. So uh, yeah, you can also take part by signing up to Instructor Podcast Premium. And the best way to find out more is to head over to www.theinstructorpodcast.com. But I'm just going to take a second to tell you a little bit about what's coming up in April around the Instructor Podcast. So, the next regular episode is out on Sunday the 2nd, just a few days away, and that's a very special episode because once a season, I like to put an episode out from my premium content, and this Sunday, it is going to be a double whammy. I've got an episode with you, Bob, and I've got an episode with San Harper, so... um the episode with you is one where we spoke all about driving tests and how we can best prepare our students. And Sam is all around ADI mindfulness. That's on the 2nd of April. And then we've got some cracking episodes coming up as well around, uh, we've got one around tax. And we've got one around sleep, which I recorded today. And I was very impressed with that one. Um that one will be of great benefit to many people. Uh, On the 12th of April we are releasing our first ever expert session and that is featuring the current missing man, Chris Benstead, who is doing his expert session on how to teach roundabouts. And that's going to be followed by Q&A as well. That's on April the 12th. And on April the 23rd, uh, Chris is also joining me at the Intelligent Instructor and ADI NJC conference in Kempton to record the Green Room Live. We have been assigned the PDI zone. So we are going to be talking about how can we be the best instructor we can be. And uh, I'm going to mention this because when I messaged Chris about that topic, in typical Chris Spencer style, he replied in only the way, only he could, which was, does it matter if we're good? (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that. Well, this goes on the day. So, yeah, plenty of fun stuff coming up. And then just speaking of the Intelligent Instructor in conference, you're going to be there, aren't you, Bob?
2: I am indeed. Are we going to go for a beer the night before?
1: We can go for a beer the night before. Uh, I don't drink an awful lot at the minute uh, health issues, but I will definitely have at least one beer with you. Well, I'll have yours. That sounds like a fair swap to me.
2: <laughs> um, just uh, just on that note, you know, this, this, I saw the little flurry of activity on social media following the announcement of that, you know, the expert session, Teaching of Roundabouts. There's a, people that are getting bent out of shape. Whoa, oh, what are we doing that for? What do you bloody need that for? Oh, industry's full of idiots asking stupid questions. This is, all you just think, if it's no use to you, just scroll past it, let it go. Because there's just as many people thinking, oh, I'd love to do that because I was trained on PSTs." And you know what? I don't think I'm as good at that as maybe I could be. And maybe I'll have a little listen to that. And if, if people go to that and just take one little thing away, then surely it's worthwhile. But if it's not for you, just walk on by. It's just, it's, what is wrong with people? Just wind your bloody necks in, man. Jesus,
1: you're making yourselves look like complete and utter arseholes. I mean, what what I'm going to tag in here, just brief, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but it's worth that I mention it. Because if you are going to go on publicly belittle and insult and criticize someone, We don't do it to someone with a podcast, Um, but the (laughs) you're holding the microphone. Yeah, the the thing I would say is now this is being completely honest. When you strip away some of the bile and you strip away some of the bullshit, some of those people actually made valid points. You know, even just the belittling comments about why we can't expert sessions. It made me think about it. It makes me think: is the name right? Is the word right? And anything that does that is good. But what you don't have to do. Is be a dick about it. Yeah. That's my thing. You can't, I mean, I won't can I will happily have Yes.
2: Yeah. I don't normally respond in that manner and get get angry with it, but I just looked at it and thought, is there any need for that? Really? And who, who in this industry can actually point at
1: Chris Benstead and say he's not an expert? Exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah, I, I have no problem at all if anyone criticizes anything I've done at all, especially if they've listened to it. But I have no issues with that. But there's a way to do it. You look at the way we criticised the DVSA a little bit earlier. It wasn't. It started off by saying um, we're not pointing fingers at the individuals, we're looking at the organisation. So we're really clarifying what we're doing. So the the only other thing I want to mention about all those people that drummed up such a big fuss, I just want to take a moment to, to actually thank them because I've reached people because of them that I never thought I would. And I've sold more places on that course because of their promotion of it so you know thank you for taking part in that with that criticism It's very much appreciated but i'm now not talking about those folks any longer we'll move on to someone that's actually worth my time and worth my energy which is discussing this so well, let's go back to the first one we mentioned the the fact that the you have to wait 10 working days at the minute for a uh to take a test again now you have to wait 28 days bob is that going to make a blind bit of difference can
2: anybody get a test in 10 days currently nope or twenty-eight is no. You'd be lucky you'd get one in twenty-eight. You're lucky you'd get one in twenty-eight bloody weeks at the minute. So uh, I don't know. There's, again, I'm becoming a little, a little more disenchanted with the DBSC. You know that they're, they're desperately short of examiners. You know, if you, if you really want to look at this, maybe if you treat them better, they wouldn't be leaving you in in droves. You know, maybe if you stop changing their terms and conditions without consultation i telling them they've got to work different test centers. they They've got to work Saturdays. well. By the way, they're not going to get any more money. Maybe if you pack that in, things might, you know, be better. Maybe you'd be able to retain instructors, uh, sorry, examiners. Maybe, maybe if you paid them more money, more AVIs would want to become examiners. And that's a bit radical, but hey, you know, well, no, but you can't I, get a test in that timeframe anyway, but I'm assuming that they've been looking forward to a time when maybe you could, I think generally making them wait a little longer. Is it going to make them have more lessons the longer wait? I'm not sure it is. They'll just wait longer to sit the test again. Oh, I know where I went wrong. How many times have you heard that? Oh, I don't need lessons in between. I know where I went wrong. But clearly you don't, otherwise you wouldn't have done it.
1: <laughs> I think the only difference this could make potentially, and again, this is long-term, not short-term, is if people see that before they take the test. You know, so when they can, book, so when waiting times do eventually come down, whenever that happens, and a learner's going towards a test and thinking, "Oh, I might pass this," but then they think, "Oh, well, if I fail, I'm going to have to wait another 28 days." They could possibly delay that, but at the minute that's not going to make a difference because if they fail, they're going to have to wait six months. Yeah. So it don't make a blind bit of difference. And just on the actual question, you know, it's like you said about looking after examiners, well. I think we've swapped before about increasing the price of the test and using that to fund the pay rise for examiners. That not? could have been a question on here. Yeah. Would you support the increase of the test by £10 or whatever you want so we support this and take on more examiners? I'd have been fascinated to see how many of the general public responded to that as agree or disagree.
2: Mm. It would If the test was more expensive, it would certainly make people think twice, perhaps, about saying, "Oh well, I'll just have a go and see how I do, because there's still that mentality yeah. in learner drivers. Yeah. And I'm sure that the blame for that's going to be leveled at AIs, but, you know, there's only so many times you can have that conversation and say, you do realise you'll fail for that, you know? Do you know why? I mean, I always used to try and put them in the mindset of an examiner. Just when they ask, you know, would I fail for that? I would always answer We were always told, weren't we, you shouldn't answer that question. It's always about safe driving. Well, I would say, yeah, you would. Do you know why? Do you know why an examiner would mark you down on that and explain to them? So, all right, okay. So it's, it's, I know, the DVSA have done some great stuff and, you know, they've released this expected outcomes and levels of competency that they're looking for, but learner drivers haven't got the first idea and they're not interested in us educating them on that during lesson time. So we've got to find ways of engaging with them a bit more. Maybe moving some of this into schools, maybe moving the theory tests into sixth form colleges because it's still something like 70% of 17 year olds are in sixth form colleges, isn't it? So why not move it to there? See, see if that would make a difference. I'm going to try something different. Maybe they should have to have X number of hours training time, whether that be with school and mum and dad or with an ADI, before they're allowed to put in for another test. Do you you on that one?
1: That would have been better for me. Rather than pushing it back by 28 days, make it a minimum of 10 hours training. Yeah. yeah. And that could then be over a week or it could be over three months or whatever. It don't yeah. matter. But I think that... And I don't know how you'd mark that. I suppose the the ADI would have to sign it off or approve it or whatever, but I think there's better ways of doing it than that. And if they are thinking long-term, then fair enough. But I don't think it's applicable now. Um, Let's move on to the other one around timing, um, which is the, the cancellation fees. So people would need to move or cancel their car driving test at least 10, 10 full working days. days before the appointment to avoid losing their test fee, rather than the current free full working days. What are your thoughts on this, Bob? Uh, will it make a difference? I think we're, we're, it's the same
2: argument again, isn't it? Will, it? will it matter? Will it make that much difference to them? They'll just wait the time that they're allowed to wait. It doesn't mean... They're going to be a different driver by the time they arrive at test. This is the key thing, isn't it? Have they learned from the fail, you know? Maybe, maybe, this is a thought, and it's just going away. Maybe maybe they should be getting more detailed feedback than they're currently getting. This is why you are marked this way. This is why we see this as unreasonable behavior, and this is why we think you need to be, and maybe they need to grade it a bit more. Maybe they need a different type of marking that that allows the, the person sitting the test to 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 really reflect and think oh okay i do need to make some changes because learner drivers don't think that at all not even one teeny teeny tiny bit well maybe the the odd ones but most of them just think oh well i know where i went wrong Um, i mean
1: just to clarify this is around the the cancellation of a test um and for me it's
2: i don't think it changes anything at all
1: i think it's going to have more of a negative effect because if i've got a student now that can cancel within three days, then I could get them... Uh, that can't cancel within three days, sorry. I could get them to cancel four days away. Yeah. Whereas if you're within 10 days and that student decides they're not ready, they're not going to cancel that test. They're just going to let that test expire. Mm-hmm. So there's go- I think there'll actually be more no-shows at test centres as a result of this. Because why would you... What, and again, I would because I'm a decent human being. <laughs> but why would most people actually bother to cancel their test within that 10 days if they're losing their fee anyway? They'd probably almost potentially spitefully take out the DVSA. I've lost my fee anyway. Why should I cancel it? Yeah, true enough. I think but, the,
2: the reality is that the, the, the answer to this, of course, is to not be short of examiners. But that's the answer. Uh, all of this stuff. these These are, this is like, Tackling somebody's speed on approach to junctions when coasting is the issue. You're tackling the symptom, not the cause. And the cause of this is they can't retain examiners. That's the cause. These are symptoms of that. The cause is they haven't got enough examiners. So tackle the cause, not the symptom.
1: Fix the illness. (laughs) I would agree. I mean, on this one, uh, I will say forty-eight point five percent of people agreed with this. So you know, still a less than, still a minority, still less than half. But more, I'm actually surprised with the amount of people that agreed with that. But I think yeah, I that mouse making the noises. I'm trying to click back and forth <laughs> through my screens. Think that I mean, look to me, they're quite innocuous. They're not overly harmful. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think they're necessary. I think that's the thing. And I think that, again, you have got people disagreeing and then they're doing it anyway. But let, let's move on to the next one. Let's have a look at this one. Because I think this one is more specific for driving instructors. And I've not seen anything online to this today, actually, but uh, which has surprised me. But yeah. Driving instructors would be legally required to display their approved driving instructor or trainee driving instructor registration certificate in the windscreen of their car when they bring it people for driving test. Now 54.2 percent of people agreed with this. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Bob?
2: Well, I, I would never withhold me, me or the because just I'm happy to be judged on the outcome of my efforts. however. There is no, currently no law that requires us to do this. The law requires us to have that badge in the window while we're under paid instruction. And they're not being instructed during a test, they're being assessed. So it's a tricky one, isn't it? I'm, I'm never one for you know wanting legislation to force these issues. What they've got to do is to make a better case for us to do it and then get ABI's to want to do it. Um, but it's—I don't think there's any middle ground here. People are either totally for it or absolutely and utterly against it. It's a Brexit kind of thing. There's no middle ground, and it will require a change to legislation. Legislation—that's a fairly meaty thing, a fairly meaty thing. And I wonder, you know, will there be time to do that during parliamentary time? I doubt it. I doubt it. We're still dealing with the fallout from Brexit, so I doubt there's time for this. Cause we're a very small part of what they do. I'm not one for enforcement in this way. It's, I think it's a good idea to display your badge, but I don't think you should be forced to do it by law. That's, that's, oh, that's almost a change to our terms and conditions, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I suppose they'll point the finger here and say, well, 54% agreed. We've got Brexit through with 52.
1: So I don't know. I don't know did surprise me on this one was a number of driving instructors that agreed, because the majority of driving instructors agreed with this. And from what I see online, that's not what I see online. However, as I found out recently, the people that are negative tend to shout an awful lot louder. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For this one, this is one of the ones where I think I voted sort of in the middle. I don't care. Mine goes in. If someone else doesn't want to put theirs in, I'm not fussed. So the fact they're doing it doesn't really bother me. Um... But I completely understand the viewpoint of people who say, "Well, I got a
0: minute,"
1: you know. No, no. <laughs> why, why? Why should I? Yeah, and and I agree with that. And I think people have a right to that. And we'll we'll actually touch on my thoughts on that on the on the next point in a minute because I've got quite a strong opinion on that one. Whereas this one, I'm I'm, I'm non plus. But I yeah, think that true. to force someone to give out their data when that if that had already been a rule. You know, if that had been in place for 20, 30 years, then that's different. But it's not. You're introducing this. And as you said, they're changing, actually changing legislation. So it's changing our terms and conditions. So whilst I personally don't have a problem with it, I, I think I can with you. I understand the people that do. Yeah, absolutely. Um
2: Absolutely. And I understand them taking a very strong position. It's a civil liberties kind of thing, isn't it? Really? I mean, hang on a minute. This is not what I signed up for. Agreement I saying, when well, I've got this license didn't say that. So I think in reality, they can only really enforce that change when you renew your bet. And then they get the choice of whether you sign up to it or not. But um, it's, it's not helping, is it? You know, they're just going to get people to go on their own cars. ABIs who really forcefully don't believe that that, that should happen saying,
1: i will just say, you know, use my car. Exactly. i they'll go and hire one and yeah. uh, use that for a day and write that off instead. Um, okay, but the one that ties in with that was the next proposition.
2: I'm furiously trying to find the percentages of, of
1: who agreed and who didn't. Well, I'll sell I'll you for this one in a second, because I, I think this one's fascinating. And I, I'm going to give my thoughts on this first, because I, I do feel quite strongly about this one. So this one is, we want to know if learner drivers would benefit from having better information about driving instructors and their performance and preparing people to be safe. So this was basically about publishing your pass rate online. I 100% disagree with this. 100%. And there's there's a whole host of reasons why I disagree with it. I'm not going to go into all of them because we've only got so many hours in the day. But... It's a little bit like the one above, in that you are forcing people to give away their data. But I think the biggest thing for me is that it's giving out the wrong information. I'm going to have to be very, very careful with what I'm saying now. So if, if this is wrong, I want someone to tell me to shut up because this, this could go down wrong. But over the years, uh, just before COVID, actually, I got three students come to me from another instructor, and I'm not going to say which area. Um, all of whom said that that instructor was, why, well, very inappropriate. Showed me text messages, told me stories, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've reported that. I suggested my students reported that. Yeah. Um, but I asked them all why they went with him, and they said that apparently. Now, only this is apparently, obviously, but apparently he had a high pass rate. So they've gone with an instructor that had a high pass rate, but then behaved in that way. Now, obviously, it shouldn't be one or the other. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be a choice. Yeah. But what I, this is what I mean. We're we, We're looking at the wrong information. We should be looking at what instructors are doing, in my opinion. So if you put that on there and made it optional, so instructors can publish their pass rates. And it was like a live database where you can publish your pass rates. You can talk about what CPD you've done. You can talk about, I attended Bob Morton's course on this. I attended Kevin Tracy Field's confidence course, or whatever it might be. You can go and update like a profile, an online database, and you can talk about, this is who I specialize in. That. I like because it's making it optional. It's not mandatory that you do it. And if I was a learner, I know who I'd be drawn to. It'd be the person that was actually going and filling that stuff out and actually. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It's if you ask learner drivers we need to know what your instructor's pass rate is. Yep. They're going to say yes. Yep. When learner drivers or their parents ring us, what questions do they ask? How much is it? What's your pass rate? Why do they ask those questions? Because they don't know the right questions to ask. So that's what they ask. What they need to know is, how's the thing gonna be overall? Are they gonna be safeguarded? Are they gonna be blah, blah, blah? And Oh, and by the way, it'll take you less lessons, blah, 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 blah. Now, are we saying here that human beings here aren't smart enough to know? Aren't smart enough to do their own due diligence and aren't smart enough to move on when things aren't right. So what's, what's behind this? You know, they would like to introduce this. They're going to change legislation again. Now they've already given us the opportunity as ADIs to publish what grade we are on our, on the find a driving instructor page. So you can do that. Are they going to add that to their, what's this instructor's password? Now I'm sure I'm not the only instructor who's gone through a lean patch. I once, Went through a period where I had 19 fails in a row. I was devastated. And it was just, I, I, I couldn't work out what the hell was going on. It, it, it righted itself. And I went like, like we all do. I went back to the old boy who trained me and I went, look, look at this. I've had 19 passes, 19 fails in a row. He said, and he's, <laughs> interesting old fellow He was well, all right. Okay. What was your record before that? What about the 10 tests before that? Well, they all passed. He said, well, why weren't you talking to me then? Oh. Huh. He said, it'll pass. And that's when I started, you know, tracking um how I was doing. And what I realized was I'd got a bit slack in a couple of areas without really knowing. And examiners were looking at it and thinking, I'm no, not keen on that. Not keen on that. Um, I eventually approached an examiner and asked him, Yours are all just too fast. They're just too fast. You know, it makes us so comfortable. So, you know. The dual breaks has perhaps been used where with other learners, maybe they wouldn't, because they're just carrying too much speed, but too, way too confident. And I just slowed everything. in. was that So I don't know an instructor who's not gone through that kind of patch. So what, what damage could
1: that do to my business? If I was publishing that, I was obviously, about, the, but to say, especially if you're doing it over 12 months, correct. correct. Cause you can have a pass rate in of zero, you know, you're not getting any custom members. Well, the other two
2: things tied together so that they're maybe thinking ahead and thinking, well, the one before this, well, they're not going to put the badge in the car. So if they're not going to take the pupils to test their pass rate's it's going to be rubbish. So it's, you know, and Joe's just made a point in the, thanks Joe. Great point. You know, already the information they hold on us in a lot of cases is not correct. So what about if that's the case? the damage is done if that's published and it's published incorrectly, the damage is done to your business. So this is, this is a big one, this, um, and I think our, our representative organizations, you know, the the ABI and the NASP and and the DIA and the MSN need to be on this. And there needs to be a much bigger fuss media. I got a second. Hang on a second. You know, let's let's again, it looks like, and I've always resisted this before. It looks like the DVSA are just trying to blame us for everything. Uh, and I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm resisting a bit more now. I'm thinking, well, just a minute here. Just a minute. Get your own house in order first. Get you know, physician heal thyself. So it's all about what, what we need to do and what they're gonna to do to us. What are they doing in terms of examiner retention? I'd love to know that. What are you doing internally? To make sure you're stopping the loss how about you publish that what are you doing to that terms and conditions without their permission how about you publish that <laughs> so you know it's important i think that the look inwardly because at the minute the finger of blame is being pointed elsewhere and the one thing i've learned as a trainer and a trainer of trainers in my lifetime in this industry is if you point the finger of blame elsewhere, nothing changes. If you turn the finger of blame inwardly, everything changes because you look at everything and it's time to start doing that because um, this, this there's too much here. And it's, I think as an industry, we're, you know, we're thinking enough, enough now. Hang on a minute. What are you doing? What have you done other than change
1: terms and conditions of examiners and force droves of them to leave? E- I mean, you mentioned there, so Joe's comment about the, the data being incorrect, and, and um, I think Hayley asked how often would it be updated as well. The I, I made the proposition uh, a, a while ago that, and this would be a big task for the DVSI, I appreciate that, but why not have a live database so that every test that's conducted is updated that day so you can go on the next day and see the result of that test? So that if that test result is incorrect, or it's usually that not the result that's incorrect, is it is the uh, driver fault that's incorrect? But if that's incorrect, you can then pon- hit contact whatever and say this is incorrect is the result or whatever, and you would get a live, or, well, delay of twenty four hours, but effectively yeah. a live update of means your test
2: snapshot of what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I reckon that if you asked ADIs that, I reckon most ADIs would bite your hand off at that. Is that I, that what an awesome resource for that would be for us? I think the whole thing that underpins the industry's resistance, and I've
2: not been one who has resisted, but I, I'm starting to get that way. But I think the industry's response to it is, this is not fair. This hang on a second. You know, we've just had the backside kicked out of us over the last three years with COVID and all the nonsense that that entailed, and a lot of us were brand new in the industry and didn't have accounts ready, so we got no bloody help." left on our own, with cars to pay for, and blah, 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 blah. And it just seems to be one damn thing on top of the other. And I think what we needed really was a period where we just let let's everybody let's just chill. Let's let the dust settle on all this. Now, I know the argument was, well, that was just the date it was meant to happen. Well, if that date was chosen, that date can be changed, surely. Surely somebody, somewhere, surely somebody in, in one of our representative organizations has said, well, hang on a minute, this is not fair. How about this? What about this? What about we do that? Well, um, it just, it seems, and I know that's not the case. I know the people who work within the, the organizations, you know, the DIA and the MSA and the ADINJC and, and that, I know they're working hard, but they're not being listened to. So how do we get them to have more teeth? I don't know. I'm not sure, but this is not, not really acceptable. I think what would be really useful is if Every single ADI in the country wrote to their MP and went, What the hell are you playing at? What the bloody hell is this? How about we hold you to that sort of scrutiny? And if enough of us write to our MPs, because that's where these changes happen, it's no good morning to the DVSA. They've got no power over anything. They manage the register. That's what their job is. Ministers have power over what happens here. And MPs. So that's where we need to be tackling. So the likes of NASP and the ADI, MJC, and the DIA and the MSA, need to short-circuit that. Never mind talking to the DBSA. Start talking to Parliament. Start lobbying Parliament. I, for one, would be happy to throw a tenner in a pot that was used to lobby Parliament. That is where the change needs to happen. Ministers have decided. Ministers would like to introduce this. Ministers have decided. Well, let's get in
1: their ribs. I would suggest right. everyone listening person looks specifically at this report so it doesn't just look at the highlights it doesn't just look at what we're talking about today because there is more stuff on there. admittedly some of the other stuff is nonsense you know is you issuing digital pass certificates why do you need a a survey on that. I remember talking about that with Chris Spence at the time. It just seems nonsensical. Just do it. We don't need an opinion on that. And clearly, you don't need any opinion from us because you do it anyway. I do want to touch slightly on the associations, as you mentioned there. And I, I personally have a lot of time for them. Uh, I know I, I, do a yeah. job. I know uh, some of the people in them. I know the hard work they're putting in some of it voluntarily. However, what I found interesting, this is why I suggest people actually go and look at the actual numbers and stats on this, is on a lot of these questions, the answers by ADIs and the answers by what an industry representative organisation, which I'm assuming is an association, the answers are very different. So an ADI might be disagreeing, but the representation is agreeing. So the the the, the association that's supposed to be represented in of the ADIs is putting forward a different opinion. And I think that's yeah. really interesting in itself. It is. and But another sort of side point on that is that, you know, the,
2: that's one voice. You know, that organisation is one voice. So if an MP gets a, a letter from that one place, that's just one. But if the MP gets a thousand letters, on the same thing now. What they're going to do is it's something that's called for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who do, uh, <laughs> yeah, so apologies. But it's a statutory instrument, and that will be debated in Parliament. So what we need to be doing, when that is scheduled to appear in Parliament, en masse, we all need to be writing or emailing our MP and going, "Oi, what the hell's this? Pack this in. Not happy about this." And if enough people do it, then MPs will start taking notice. You know, you don't have to be rude about it. Just say, well, I'm not happy about this, and this is why my civil liberties are being blah, 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 blah. Just and So the Department of Transport will draft a document called a statutory instrument to make changes to the law. This will be published with an explanatory memorandum which outlines the purpose of the SI and why the change is necessary. So that will have to go through Parliament if there's enough resistance. So we all we have our part to play here. We all need to write an M- to our MP and say not happy about this, blah, 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 And if enough of us do it, well, they might, they might be taking notice. That's what maybe they want. But if we don't do it, we'll never know.
1: Uh, I mean, I agree. But we can only get 2,000 people to fill in a survey who's going to actually write a letter. And also, you look at the stuff that driving instructors kick up a fuss about, it's about the word expert. You know, I think that I when think you look at a priorities... Many, a great many in the industry just think, oh, well, the
2: MSA and the DIA and NASP and for the NJC, they'll, they'll do that. And they will, of course they will. But they're just one voice. They're just seen as one voice. Well, it's done that organisation there. And it doesn't matter that the DIA is representing 20,000 ADIs. They're just seen as one voice. But if those 20,000 ADIs wrote in, and it's not going to take long, dear dear Flunky, I am opposed to this statutory yeah. instrument. Do you want yeah. my vote next time? Better fall the right side of it. And if enough people do that, it'll scare them to do something. Because that's what it's all about for these people, getting elected again. That's more important than anything else.
1: I do want to touch just a little bit on something that came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was the standards check uh, and the oh. proposal. Again, I'm about to say this and this just feels stupid after going through this the proposal the survey of whether the standards check score should be increased from thirty to 31 to 33 now again I go back to my earliest comment on this show is that because that's what they're going to do whether we agree with it or not as they did with half the stuff they've said here well, I think so. or is it a genuine thing So well, I think they can do that
2: without an act of parliament yeah now is it a good thing is it a bad thing honestly, I don't think it matters. And I'll tell you why the way that it is at the moment, I speak to lots and lots of people who got 30 points and they say to me, "Oh, I was really close. And my answer is always the same. No, you weren't. You weren't anywhere near because if you'd been somewhere near that examiner would have found those extra points, got you over the line and said, you need to pay attention to this before I see you again at your next stand. Let's check or at your first stand, Let's check now, the basics of this job is that you and the learner should be able to put a plan together. Now you're doing that before the examiner gets in there. The examiner then watches you watching this plan unfold and marks you according to what you do or don't do. I see it. I don't see it. And the first thing they're looking at is was the trainer aware of the surroundings in the pupils actions? Well, if you're not, if you're not spotting what's going on, you're no good at the job. So, Once you're watching and they see that you're watching, are any any interventions by you timely and appropriate? Are you saying the right things? Are you doing the right things? Are you on top of stuff before things happen to keep things safe? Then as a result of that, are you having a conversation with that learner that leads the learner to say, oh yeah, that needs fixing. It's not enough. It used to be enough in the past for you to say, here's the mistake you made. This is why it's a problem. This is what we're gonna do next. But now you've got to get the learner to buy into this, and then the learner to agree to a new plan, and a new, way of, you know, a new goal, and a new plan to put it together. And in that way, you're adapting the lesson. If you're good at those things, you will always, always, always pass. If you're not good at those things, you will always fail. It's that simple, because that's the basics of the job. If you're getting that right, then your teaching and learning strategies must be right because it's the lesson that was required by that pupil on that day at that time. And your lesson planning must be good because you're having the learner engage in that and you're putting new plans together. Mm -hmm. So whether it's 31 or 33, if you get those basics right, you'll be over the line. The examiner will find the difference. So I'm not worried about it. I don't think there's an industry we should be. It's about raising standards is what they're going to say. And uh, yeah, fair enough.
1: There's two points on the standards check raise a standard? I mean, technically, yes, it does, but is it going to... No. The, the The thing, my one hope with that, and it is just a hope, obviously, is that it gives instructors that ah, are running that line a bit of a kick up the backside beforehand. Because if you pass your last standards check and you've just got, you know, a couple of marks above the the minimum or whatever, and then you see it's gone up, Hopefully that would give them people a kick up the backside to go and take more CPD or to just step up the game somehow. I think that would be the one way that it would improve it. But in terms of raising standards by increasing the standards check pass mark by 31 to 33, I mean, that's not going to improve the instructional standards in the industry. It's just not. And make if if they're trying to do it to give people a back, kick up the backside to, to push through, as we said, with getting CPD whatever, then make CPD mandatory, if that's the goal. Yeah.
2: But if you really the, want to, you know, it's
1: it's
2: Joe's made a good point in the chat here. He said they had a meeting. Um and Blackpool Test Center has been kept open. We're gonna close it because of the pressure on the local MPs. So that's the way forward. If you want things to change or things not to change, you've got to lobby your MPs and get them on site because that's the only way it'll make any difference. We can make as much noise as we like, but until MPs
1: are listening, nothing changes. I'm pleased for Joe, actually, because I I know that was a a little bit concerned about that. I'm glad that's staying open, but I just, I don't get it. I mean, for me, if that's what they're considering doing, then an overhaul will be better. And scrap the AB and make the minimum pass mark 40. If you're going to, we, we always, or I always, you know,
2: when, when we were changing things at LDC, when I was director of training there, for a lot of years, we tweaked, chopped the change a little, add a bit here, take a bit away. And in the end, I sat there and said, do you know what? What we need to do is to sit down and say, if we were inventing this from scratch, is this what we would do? And that's what the DVSA needed to do. never mind where we are now, and get a consultative body together and say, if we were reinventing this, what would we do? What is it that's important? What is it that we need and properly involve the industry, you know, in a reshaping of the whole thing, because it's not really fit for purpose. Some of the forms that we use, the ADI 21T is about as far from fit for purpose as it's possible to be. It's still a subject-based thing when it's a competence-based test, ludicrous why is that not changed you know it's just why don't you get that right before you start dicking about with something else i'm
1: going to take this opportunity uh so if either of the guys watching uh either joe or Haley, want to jump on and either can ask myself or bob a question or you can make your points heard uh you can feel free to do it now uh and just while i'm giving it uh, those guys, the opportunity to unmute and stuff. And if you don't, it's fine. Don't worry. Um, but do you want to take a moment, Bob, just to uh, remind people where they can find you? Um If you have a look, I've, I've, I've got adverts out all the time about
2: the things I'm doing. I run a couple of masterclasses, which people might find interesting too. And
0: I've put my pot right now, Joe. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, Bob, that... I didn't think I was OCD before, but I, I was watching that for the last hour and a half.
1: <laughs> um, for anyone listening to the podcast, um, Bob's clock was wrong, and Joe spotted it first. Um, <laughs> sure, give us your thoughts.
0: Just going back to um, a couple of points. With um, I know it seems a long time ago, but like, like you say, with with Chris on uh, Chris Ben said dealing with the roundabout situation, and uh, and and Bob was touching on it. You know getting people to wind their neck in and stuff and I just think you know I, I think I'm all right teaching arts, but I'd like a different yeah. I- input to it do you know what I mean and, and in the same way that I'm interested if someone puts you know a cockpit drill on uh, on Facebook or whatever it is do you know what I mean and I, I, I'm happy that I can do it yeah. but it's just nice to have a different just I've sit got, with the brew and and have a look how somebody else does it. Absolutely, isn't it? I've no. got
2: loads of great ideas. Yeah, and I stole most of them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I, I agree totally with that. The ten days thing, what was it? The um, they're the, oh, the the increasing it 20, now 20 to ten days, days isn't it? Three, yeah. I I don't know whether that would be more encouraging kids to just think, well, I'll just have a go more, more than it is now. Because the because the the cutoffs been brought this way, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's been brought a little bit further further this way, hasn't it? Um, the thing
2: is that when you're seventeen? Yeah, rate right of passage. And if you say, oh, you know, if you cancel this test, you're gonna to have to wait six months for another one. Of course, yeah. You're, oh, you're gonna think, well, I might get lucky. Yeah,
0: I think. I think. I think, I think I what, road say, safety when you were seventeen. I didn't give up. Yeah, that. well, you, you don't. Yeah. So, I was thinking what 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 Terry was saying when he was saying you know if you leave it for if, if, if you've got four days you can cancel it can't you know you know you can if, if you if you're stuck to 10 days then i think people will be more inclined to just have a go at it thinking well i've got another 10 days you know what i mean what was the other thing the back the badge in uh, putting the badge in the window and stuff mm. um again like, like you said, Bob, I don't know if it's more sort of shifting the blame a little bit towards the instructor side of it. and
2: I think they're trying hard to change things, but they're barking up the wrong tree. It's, yeah. You know, it, the whole thing needs putting in a bag and giving a good shake.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's all a bit, it's a bit funny at the minute, isn't it? And, and like I say, we've had this going on at the at, at the Blackpool Test Centre with... um. When I say when I say it's remaining open, it's got a stay of execution. Do you know what I mean? Were you? They they were originally.
2: How many instructors wrote to them?
0: Um, Well, we've got um, our own sort of um, local association, and um, we had our AGM on Monday, uh, not last Monday, Monday before, uh, and it's the busiest I've seen it. And 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 this this guy Peter Hearn came, who's who's managing the whole of the north of england and uh, um the story goes now he, he, he's being given the whole of the british isles uh somebody um retiring or whatever they're doing and, and he's sort of the number two to love day rider now and he was saying um the they have a, a a thing in place where the, the size of the town will determine whether or not the um, entitled to a test centre, and he was saying that due to the people, uh, due to ADI's like lobbying the MPs, um, you know, he's, he's they the felt a little bit of pressure, and that they're the, the, the keeping it open now, and albeit looking for different premises within the next twelve months. But you know, at one stage, it, you know, we we're shutting next week, and, and we're not now, and it's and it's great that how to the people, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you know the point you made about you know getting in touch with your MP and stuff. You know I don't mm-hmm. necessarily vote for them, but y- you can you can yeah. Well, that's right. But they don't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So and it doesn't no, it, it, it doesn't take a
2: lot to send an email. No. I'm
0: not happy with this. Yeah. So no, it was, you know so it, it, it's worked in our favour that one um, for the time being. But I agree with Terry. I think I've, I've, I've made a point before, Terry, on uh, Facebook with the, you know, when they're publishing pass rates and doing all this, that and the other, uh, you know, find you, find a good instructor, but use our, our data that's wrong. <laughs> I find that a bit weird. But well, last time know,
2: I looked, the free market was in operation in this country.
0: Yeah. And
2: if you're no good at the job. Customers won't come your way. I t-
0: well, I tell you what, it's like you say. I mean, you know, we go for a drink. Don't, you know, we go down the local pub. I listen to my mates who who's a good plumber, who's a good electrician. You know, I don't go online. You know, were they good for you, mate? Yeah, they were brilliant. Right, come and come and have a look at this in my house, then. You know, you know what I mean. It's, mm. I don't need to go and. Yeah, we're not idiots, are we?
2: You know, we don't. No, exactly. Smearing, you know, we, we can decide. Yeah, that. strange. So, you know, yeah,
0: thank
1: you. Yeah. I think what they're doing with that one, and this is how I view that, is that you're basically saying, look at this number. This number is the only thing that matters. Ignore all these reviews, good and bad, where people are giving actual words describing someone. Ignore this person's social media feed where they're sharing all this useful stuff. Ignore word of mouth. Ignore the fact that this person specializes in X, Y, Z. Ignore all that. The only thing that matters is this one the, number.
0: The stats based I mean, I don't want to get into politics, but, that, but that, that's, how they, that's how they operate. It, it's numbers and figures rather than human emotion. And it, it is it, 100%. 100% it is.
2: You know, if you, if you look at it, the, the motto is safe driving for life. So if yeah. you're really serious about that, you should be pushing forward the instructors. Those pupils don't yeah
0: understand. you should be going you should be going the other way with it you should be going for the for the <laughs> not 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 the numbers and figures but 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 the the, the human side of things but, but you. if you've got a load of five star reviews yeah you're clearly not fiddling with your pupils no <laughs> I know I know but <laughs> yeah so I think that's that's the biggest bridge to gap mm. that one where with it seems like you're dealing with robots all the time with the DVSA yeah. it, 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 You know they've got a screen in front. It's like when you when you phone a custom service thing, and you know they're reading from a screen. It, yeah. It's like that, but you're dealing with that on a daily basis. And but to be fair, the, the guy who came to us on the meeting, it, it was good. He was okay, and he and he he, he, he talked from. I think the people you who know, work in the organisation are really yeah. really good yeah but he thing was thing he, kept, he kept going back to like an office in uh, new he kept saying there's a, a bunch of people in newcastle who were who were pushing buttons on screens it, 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 Do did you know what i mean and, and and that they're the people that filter out the and it's not right and, and i know it it cost a, a lot of money to have a a conversation with a a, a human every time but you sure. know it, it it's wrong i think but
1: there you go. I also think that uh I would like to finish on your if temporary happy story of the Blackpool Testament being open. Yeah. I think mean, that's a we have we've, we've been quite feisty on this, Sean. Rightly so I think. But it is good that uh you've come on and told us that you know, powers of the people, we can make it, yeah, change.
0: Yeah, it um, ca- it can, it can, Terry. Yeah, definitely. I think this is um, the feistiest, feistiest I've ever been.
1: Uh, but no, I think uh, well, let's let's end the show there. So I uh, really appreciate you guys joining us. I appreciate you joining me, Bob, as always. It's been great having some people watching. And if yeah. you guys want to come and watch Record Live and, as we've seen here, take part with some questions at the end or come on in the chat during uh, the Instructor Podcast Premium Interactive tier is where you can find all that stuff. But for now, all I'm going to say is remember that if you're not enjoying your driving lessons, you're doing them wrong.